I'm gonna try. To, I'm gonna try to do a little bit of leaders, and I'm gonna try to do a little bit of kids back and forth, back and forth. So we'll let Mandy come ahead and go first. <laughs> Okay, um, as y'all can tell, we've gotten a little bit close to your kids. I'm sorry. A few of them have even started calling me mommy. I... Okay, so during the whole week, these kids were having these amazing encounters. And if you feel like youth camp is only for the youth, Boy, are you sadly mistaken. Because in our leadership classes, they were stepping on our toes every second. Like, it was such an encounter for us as well. And I think this is something that they preached on Thursday night. It's about the Pool of Bethesda. And it has stuck in my mind ever since I heard it. He went there, and you know the man had been sick for 38 years, all of that. All of these people gather around the pool and wait for that water to bubble. They wait and they wait just to be the first one to touch it. And Jesus goes up to the man and he's like, do you want to be made well? Well, the man responds with, I don't have any friends to bring me down to the pool. So Jesus tells him to pick up his mat and walk. But what they pointed out Thursday that was like, oh, I never saw it that way was, When he asked the question and he gave him an answer, he's basically saying, that's not what I asked you. I didn't ask you if you had friends. I just told you to do something. A lot of people are more concerned with the how and the why of things and realizing that when God tells you to do something, when Jesus says something, you just do it. But you don't have to worry about the how, the what, the when, the where. You just say, all right, God, I got it. And you go. Because he's not asking you a question for you to give another question. He says, do you want to be made well? Pick up your mat and go. Don't ask any more questions. Don't overthink it. Just get it and go. And all of these kids, I'm going to get emotional. (laughs) All of these kids from Monday night until all the way to now, like they have picked up their mat and they didn't just walk. They ran with it. And... I'm challenging all of the people that didn't go to camp with us. As you can see, the the kids are on fire. And the whole time, all of them were saying, I don't want this to end. I want it to keep going at church. We've got to keep it going at church. So they're going to do their part. But still, it's up to y'all to do yours part, too. Like, you have to pick up your mat. You have to run. You have to walk. You have to do whatever you can to get it done. Just not ask any questions, okay? Like, I don't know how else I can say it. These kids are going to show y'all up if you don't start acting on it. Amen, amen, amen. I was told to center this. Oh, go ahead. Play that video. Walk that dog. Roll that beautiful bean footage.
<clears throat> all right, all right. So uh, the reason I'm doing on stage is because I told you we're going to be different and we never use our stage. So we're going to use our stage today when we talk because it's a little uncomfortable to get up here, right? It's a little uncomfortable. You're elevated. You feel like you're, the lights are on you. But sometimes if you don't get uncomfortable, then you won't get in the presence. What up? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm Joseph Lee. I'm Greg and Angel's son, unfortunately. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but before I get into it, I just want to say thank you um, to Joel, Serena, Mandy, Terry, Casey, Jenny Plunkett, um, Casey Dees. I don't know if he's here. Um, just we have really amazing people in leadership, and I promise you your kids are in really good hands, so you don't have to worry about that. I don't know about Terry, though, but other than that, I think, I think your kids are in pretty good hands. So um, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, before camp. So before camp, um, I was struggling a lot, uh, not just with my walk, just um, I was struggling real bad with anxiety um, all the time. Like, I would come in here just anxious all the time. Um, and I, I never wanted to go to, like, a mental health facility or, like, therapy. I always thought, you know, my mom always tried to get me to go, and I was just like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, but also, I didn't believe that God could heal me. You know, I thought it was just something that I would have to deal with. Um, and not only that, I was dealing with shame, and I was in all types of mess, just worldly sin, just not living the life that I should be. And um, But God, you know. So, um, won't he? So, I went, I went to the camp with, with an expect, expectation that I would be freed. Because um, I did have this idea in my head that camp God is different from God here, which is completely untrue. But, uh, yeah, that was my ideology at the time. Um, so, the first, like, real encounter that took place... Um, was we had this little, like, mental health session, like, leadership session, and they were talking about mental health. Um, and they had this woman there who was, you know, she was a therapist for, uh, for mental health, um, but she was also spirit-filled, and she was awesome. She was really good, and, and she spoke. And after they were like, anybody in here still dealing with mental health needs to come up here, because if you were struggling with, with those things, how do you expect to disciple people who are struggling with the same thing? And so I was just like, well, you know, I want to help mentor people. I want to disciple people. So I can't, I can't have this mess. Um, so I went up there, not to step on Jacob's testimony a little bit, but we went up there together. And um, there was like a moment um, where Quentin, isn't that his name? Quentin, Quentin uh, Pastor Quentin, he came up, and, and he's the director of a YFN. And he put his hands over, both over me and Jacob. And at the time, like, I was so deep in worship, I didn't know what was going on. Um, and like, as soon as he touched me, I felt like I, I was falling to my knees. And in that moment, it's like all anxiety that I've ever had about anything. I mean, whether it was a girl, whether it was my parents, whether it was the future, anything of that nature, like it just left me immediately. And it, it, and like, no more, like no more, like, I don't. I don't feel anxious, you know, like I'm anxious right now because I'm talking in front of y'all. But like, I'm talking like crippling anxiety to the point where I'm like, I can't live my life normally. Um, and I, I was freed completely. I mean, 
just God is so good, and and the goodness of God was just just shown through in that moment. Um, and yeah, I have a lot more. There's a lot that happened. Like I said, like my life completely just changed, like full 180, you know. Um, and so on the second night we were there, Joel Joel came up and prayed for me, and he was he was talking about how um, there was nothing for him to cast out because. You know, usually when you pray for somebody, you're trying to cast something out. And Joel just told me, he said, he said, there's things you need to step into. There's things you need to step into. I didn't believe him. I was like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, like, what do I got to do? Um, and then he just, he just said it. He just said it. He said, God's given you the gift of healing. And I was like, huh? Me? My hands, uh, if y'all don't know me, my hands sweat profusely. Like, bad. It's just, it's just something I've had since I was a little kid. And so, yeah, walk that dog, right, right. So as, uh, as we were worshiping after that, I was like, God, you know, I, I would love to heal and I would love to do that for you, but can you take this away from me, you know? Like, I'm not confident in myself, you know, to be able to heal people. Like, they're going to have sweat all over their face by the time I'm done with them. And so... It's funny, but it's it's true. Like I, I was like, God, I, I want you to I want you to take this away. And if you do, and I said this, I said that I said, if you take this away, God, I will do anything you ask, anything. I said it could be anything in this world, and I, I will do it. Well, he didn't take it away. But so, but that that leads me to my next point. Um, uh, so we were. It was the last night of service, um, and that's when Ava got prophesied over. And there was all types of crazy stuff going on. I mean, just spiritual warfare took place. And, and also, I'm going to say this, too. If you think this altar is a place to just come and cry, this altar is a battlefield. Spiritual warfare takes place right here. So, um, and Terry, I believe, yeah, Terry, Terry grabbed me. This is a, actually, let me backtrack. So I was praying for Zoe. Um, Zoe was getting prayed for by somebody, and I, I put my hand on her back. And I felt like there was an evil spirit, like, trying to, trying to take over her, take over my family. And I'm just speaking against it. And I'm like, devil, get out of my family. Devil, get out of my family. You know, just. And then next thing I know, I'm, I'm, I realize that it's, coming, it's trying to come and attack me. And I'm like, no, get out of me. And then Jacob uh, comes up behind me and puts his hand on my back. And in that moment, I'm talking, like, manifest presence of God just fell on me. And I dropped to my knees, and I cried, like, ugly cry, like, scream cry like, cried harder than I've ever cried before, um, and it, like, when, as I was crying, like, I felt, like, something coming out of me, you know, like, all that, you know, that spirit just, like, leaving me, um, it was so powerful, it was, it was so powerful, like, I've, I've never felt anything like it, and when I opened my eyes, the world just looked different, it didn't look the same, you know, my, like, it, when I, when I'm talking transformed, that's the moment that it really, happen, you know, like I, I talked about the anxiety, you know, but I still had things I was struggling with, but I mean, I was completely free, you know, and I don't want to go back. That old guy, that old guy, that old Joe, he sucks. I mean, he's, he, he sucks, you know, like he, he's not that great. Um, he's, he's really not that great. Uh, he was struggling a lot, and I look back on the old man I was, and I'm just like, why would I even want to think about moving into that again, you know what I mean? Um, and so that leads me, I was talking about Terry, Terry came, came up to me and Zoe and, uh, he's, you know, he's praying for us. Terry, you know, he, he gets, he gets deep and he just, 
you know, he just starts yelling stuff at you. And so, so, Terry, so Terry's praying over me and Zoe, and he, he's prophesying some stuff over us. And um, he's like, y'all, y'all, are the, y'all are the ones who are supposed to lead this church to revival. Y'all are the ones who are supposed to, you know, heal the sick and all these things. And he, he points to my hands, and he said, these hands are powerful. And at the time, my hands are soaked. Like, I'm sweating so bad. And, and in that moment, God said something to me. He said, see, I've created you in my image. I've formed you perfectly. And he's like, I've called you to be special. You're not supposed to be like everybody else. You're supposed to be like everybody else. And I wouldn't call you for this specific purpose. You know? And so something that I've been insecure about my whole life, God turned it around and made it for good. Yeah. Completely. Like, that's so awesome to me. Like, something that I, like, can't stand. You know? Like, he turned around and made it for good. Um, and after that, you know, in that moment, I was, like, so fired up. I just started laying hands on everybody. Um, like, I just, you know, Zoe, golly, that girl. Are you speaking today? Okay, I'm going to let her get into it. That girl, she's anointed. Woo! That girl's anointed. I mean, golly. I thought I was doing some stuff. I look over, this girl just... Just touching everybody. Like, um, and also another huge thing while I was there, um, before I came to camp, I I had a lot of anxiety about my future. If y'all don't know, I'm going to UL Lafayette for, uh, I started, I started in the fall, I'm majoring in music business. Um, and I was really nervous because I don't know anybody in Lafayette and they don't talk weird down there. Um, and so, but one, one day we were in the cafeteria, and I would got done eating, and I'm walking out, and Joel calls, hey, dude, come over here. You need to come over here. You know how Joel is. You know, he just, he's real cryptic. And so then, then I get over there. I'm like, dude, he's either going like, to be mad at me about something or, like, I didn't know what was going on. But there was some people over there who um, were from Lafayette. Um, was it Youngsville? Yeah, Assembly of God Youngsville. Um, and they were like, there was this guy named Seth, um, he was sitting there. He said, hey, man, how you doing? I uh, heard you're going to UL. And I was like, yeah. He said, oh, you know about Chi Alpha. Chi Alpha is a Christian fraternity. Um, he's like, oh, I'm drummer for Chi Alpha. And I, was like, I was like, oh, cool, cool. And he's like, you're going to school for music? And I was like, yeah. Um, he's like, what do you play? I said, keys. He's like, oh, dude, we need a keys player. And I'm like, okay, sick. Like, sign me up. So that, that was the first thing. And, and he was like, oh, yeah, dude, just... Just come on, like we've been needing somebody. And then the next day, um, we're in a leadership session, and I, I run into another leader in their church, just out of nowhere. Like we were going to sit down. It was me and Casey. We were going to sit down, and she kind of like stops. She goes, "Hold up, this is divine intervention right here." Because I had a, I had a UL shirt on, and she goes, you're, "You're going to Lafayette?" And I said, "Yes, ma'am." She says, "When do you start?" I said, "Fall." And she was like, "Oh, okay. Um, well, I want you to meet all these people." And I said, "Wait, where are you from?" She said, "Oh, Youngsville." Assembly God Youngsville, and I said, oh, I've already met some of your folks. She was like, oh, yeah, well, well, uh, my husband, he, like, he has a, I forgot what job it was. Was it, like, parking coordinator or something like that? I don't know. Some, like, coordinator of parking on campus at UL. Um, and she was just, like, just had a lot of connections. Um, and she's just like, you know what, give me your information. I'm going to text our young adults leader, who I think also is their worship leader. Um, I was like, okay, so I give her my information, go about my business. Last night, the last night of camp, um, me and Joel are walking out, and I run into that same woman again, and I'm just asking her how service went, talking to her, and she said, oh, yeah, 
our, uh, our young adults leader responded. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. Um, and then she shows me the text. And it's like, uh, it said, this is, this is awesome. You know, this is what we've been praying for. We don't have male leaders in the church, especially in worship. This is the prayer that I've been praying for the past three months, and it looks like it's been answered. So, I mean, God, God does so much, and we just don't even know it, you know? Like, he just does so much, but that's all I got. So, wait, hold up. No, it's not. I'm going to leave you all with a verse. Um, so, the verse I had been standing on was actually the verse that Joel gave me when we started. If you don't know, we've been, Joel's been giving us verses to memorize in youth. Um, it's Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, thank you. Praise God, praise God, praise God. All right, uh, I'm going to try to keep this thing moving. So we've got Miranda. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my All right, um... (laughs) Whoa. <laughs> so, I'm I'm going off of notes because I'm not good at free like freestyling this. <laughs> um, but so last year I went to cheer camp and I got saved there. But when I got back home, I felt like there's a voice in my head that said, "Are you sure you believe in God? I mean, you gave." I mean, he gave you anxiety. That doesn't sound like the God they're talking about. So I started falling out of God. I didn't want to go to church. I I would fake being sick so I didn't have to go. And I surely didn't want to go to church camp. First night I was there, I tried my best to stay in my seat. But Gracie dragged me to the altar. Where is Gracie? Where the heck is she? Gracie, how dare you? How dare you get me out of my comfort zone? <laughs> when, I got, when I got up, my anxiety started getting really bad there because there's so many people bumping into me. No joke, I have bruises all over my thigh, like legs. All over my legs because of people pushing. Gosh. <laughs> the next day was 4th of July, and I was nervous because I didn't like the sound fireworks hate fireworks with a fiery passion. I, mm. During worship, I tried my best to do the same thing. Not get up and stay... Wait. Not get up and stay in my seat. The guy was preaching, and I wasn't feeling anything. Well, I mean, my eyes were watering, but that was... I wasn't in the spirit. The guy then said, if we need to give anything up to put it on the stage... I felt like he was talking to me, to me for a second, and I quickly got up, got a piece of paper out and wrote on it. I started walking up to the stage and then placed the note on it. 
My knees suddenly got weak and I collapsed onto the ground. I started to cry, but I couldn't stop. Then a girl from another church came over to me and then sat down before saying, hey, is it okay if I pray for you? And I accepted it. When I tell you, that girl was a complete angel. Like, no joke, I couldn't find her for the rest of church camp. And I'm pretty sure she wasn't real. I'm pretty sure she was an angel. <laughs> she ended up praying for my anxiety and depression. All I told her all I told her was what was on the notes, which had nothing to do with my anxiety or depression. It was like she could tell that I was asking for more, so she started praying for my self-worth. At this point, she was crying with me. After service, she ended up pulling me to the side and gave me one of her bracelets and continued to pray for me a little bit before running off. Actually, I have the bracelet on right now, this one. When I walked outside, fireworks were going off. And instead of me being scared, I was happy. I even wrote a little like, note whenever I got on the bus. And I actually have it in the notes for me to read. <clears throat> what is this new feeling? I don't get scared from fireworks. I want to talk to people more. I feel happy for no reason. I take that back. There is a reason. It's because of God. Wednesday, I signed up for the talent show later that day, and I was planning on singing a song from my favorite musical. But after service, I forgot the whole song. When I tell you, my brain went blank. And you can ask Morgan, because she was right next to me. Wasn't I during like the youth service, I was looking through Spotify, trying to find a new song to sing. <laughs> and before, like, I was getting ready to do it. Like, I memorized the whole song again, and then whenever I ended up, like, whenever it was actually time to do the talent show, I, not, I didn't want to do it. But then I ended up thinking about it. I'm the only one who can choose my path, and God had put, that t put a show to make it easier to go the right path. So I did it, and I felt so happy that I did. Thursday was the last day, and I felt different, like I had no fear. During worship, I danced like no one else was there, and a scripture stayed in my mind. Before I say the scripture, I'm just going to simply say, I ended, up, like, I ended up forgetting to put this in my notes, but I had a gum wrapper in my phone case that I put in there whenever I had to eat in disorder, and I didn't take it out. But later that, like, during service more people were putting things on the altar. So I ended up deciding to take the gum wrapper out of my phone case and put it on the altar. I'm, I'm also going to leave you on a, like, on a scripture. It's Matthew 14, 24 through 32. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and, and they were all riding heavy waves. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me, you, tell me to come to you, walk, walk in on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went out over the side of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and, 
and the waves. He was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have, you have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed by to the boat, the wind stopped. The disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. The reason why I got that was because that was actually from one of the youth like one of the youth services. And if I can find it, I the thing the guy said was Peter didn't go Jesus because he saw him. He did it because he heard him. That's it. That's all I have. Praise God. It's so hard not to follow up everybody's talks. I'm trying my best not to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But just so you know, that's two people with anxiety that have been completely freed. Lainey, come on. Okay. So um, before I got to camp, I was experiencing all these things. I might start crying. Sorry. Um, but I experienced, like, this, this heaviness on, like, my heart and, like, just all over my body. And um, I felt like I knew who God was, but I didn't feel like I knew who I was. And I just felt so broken, and, like, there was this peace that was just missing in me. And um, when I got to camp the first night, Quentin preached over, like, these three mirrors, and one was broken, one was blurry, and one was clear. And I really felt like I was the blurry one, and I wasn't seeing the full picture of, like, who I was and who God was. And um, God just spoke to me, and he was like, you're not seeing the full picture because you're not seeing me. And... I was just, I just felt so unworthy, and I, I started seeing so much growth when I realized that I was the blurry mirror, and God told me that I was fearlessly and wonderfully made, and if you don't know, my mom has that tattooed on her shoulder, and um, um, you start becoming uncomfortable, and then I started realizing it, the enemy wants you to be comfortable in your sin, because being uncomfortable can lead you to being strong and courageous. And I was just so broken, and I knew I needed God. And all these people started praying over me like a few nights later, and Terry prayed over me, <laughs> so, and Mandy also. And they knew things about me, and they knew things of what I used to do. I was so depressed, and I had so much anxiety. And they just started praying, and I was just realizing, like, that's not me anymore. Like, God can take you away from that. And I started not leaning in my own understanding, and I started obeying. And I'm, I realized, I was like, I'm living two lives, and there's, like, a lot of things that my friends like at home were doing that was causing me to be the same way and so when I got home I was like I'm not going to be that way anymore and um like I was really on fire for God and the Holy Spirit just like he was just coming over me 
And I was like, okay, I'm not gonna be friends with those people. So I took them out of my life and I told them, I explained, I was like, I'm not, not that person anymore and I'm not gonna be living that way anymore. And this church has like really been like such a blessing and it's leading me further and just this trip has changed me and I love every single person who went because that's why who that's why I am who I am and especially because God was there and he just transformed me um so I just started getting prayed over and God casted out generational curses of addiction and depression and feeling unworthy when I was worthy and God told me he was always here. And he said he was never angry at me. He said that he just wanted me to walk with him. And he gave me this vision, and it was a door. And I seen people from my youth group going in each side of the door. And I just sat there, and I was like, why am I not going through the door? Like, I'm supposed to be moving, and I'm just sitting in this pier. I'm just looking at the door, and I know there's better things. So, like, why? And I just opened my eyes again, and I closed them, and I'm just in the door, and there's light, and there's this man, and it's like a shadow, but there's light all around him, and I just feel the peace, and he just holds out his hand, and he's smiling, and he walked towards me, and he's um, not saying anything, and I'm just standing there, and he walks through this window, and I'm like, God, I want to take your hand. I want to walk with you. And as soon as I said that, I got out of that vision, and I just felt, felt completely transformed and completely new. And who I was then, I'm not that person anymore. So I used to have a lot of repentance, and, um, or a lot of anger, and I had repentance. And I was just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not walking with you, like when I'm at school, and I'm sorry for, like, my friends keeping me from walking with you. And I'm sorry for, like, not following you when I should be. And he said, now you can. And that will always stick with me because even when I felt like he wasn't there, he was there. And I know there's a lot of people in here that feels like he's not there with them right now, but he's with you. And he'll always be with you. It doesn't take camp to transform you. You can be transformed anywhere. Um, there's a scripture, it's Galatians 5.13. Um, my brothers and sisters, you were chosen to be free, but don't use your freedom as an excuse to live under the power of sin. Instead, serve one another in love. So you can be free. And um, a way that I'm gonna continue to walk with, with God I'm going to stop living in the same cycles that hurt me before. And I was like, well, how do I do that? And God said, you have to have discipline. And a lot of people don't have discipline. And um, that was something I didn't have. I was so depressed. And the enemy was always in my head. And I would just try to take control by controlling what I was doing when the whole time all I needed was to let God have control over my life and the things I was doing or the people I would consider to be friends and I had built up this wall of not forgiving and not obeying, and I wasn't protecting my heart. And I was trying to go against everything in my power to go against what was true. 
But at that time, I wasn't living for truth. I was living for culture, which was something that they preached over at, at camp. And the reason why I was so broken and trying to let people fix me was because they were also broken. And I didn't know that's what was holding me back, was me living for other people and living these thoughts in my head. So I just let it go. So now I won't live with the world. I will live for him because he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Morgan, you ready? Yeah, let's go, Mo. Let's go, Mo. Okay. I'm not supposed to be doing this. Like, I told everybody. I'm like, no, not doing it. I refuse. But um, that's something I've struggled with a lot. Like, I've, that's loud. I've denied and I've denied. I've denied what God's told me to do. I've denied it for so many years because I was scared. I didn't want to be judged by people. Oh, my God, that's a lot of people. <laughs> Because I didn't want to be judged. Um, so I finally decided at camp, I was like, I'm done listening to my flesh. I'm done living for other people. Um, and so I didn't really go to camp expecting anything. Because while I was here, I was very content. Like, I was content in all of my problems. Like, I didn't want to change again because I knew how hard it was last time. Um, but once I got to camp, God really opened my eyes to the things that, I, that needed to be changed and the relationships that needed to be fixed. Um, shaking. Um, he really showed me that the relationship that I thought I had with him was not where I thought it was. And he revealed, like, the issues that I didn't know I had, as in, like, with my identity and my worth and, like, insecurities of comparing myself to people around me. Um, he showed me the reason... He really showed me, like, the reasons that I like to like, ignore my own problems and to take care of other people, which now I know, like, holding other people's burdens is not the same as interceding because with Joel, I found out that I have a gift of intercession. Um, if I start crying, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I've been told that so many times this week. So I, found, I realized that holding other people's problems is not the same as interceding for them, and um, finding that out only made me wanted to go deeper and like find out what my gift meant for me. Like found I find out what interceding can do for not only me for for other people. Um, um, throughout the night, God started to deliver me from like self doubt and feeling like I wasn't good enough. And we had a message about dimming your light and your fire for other people because you're like if you're not only for like if you're just scared, but because of you don't feel like you meet that fire that you've been given. So I finally decided that I was going to start doing what God wanted me to. I wasn't going to dim my fire for people around me, but I was going to bring them up to my level. Um, so one of <laughs> so I have a verse that I've lived on for so many years. I'm sure a lot of you know it. It's First Timothy four twelve. Don't let anyone look down on you because of because you're young. Set an example for the believers in speech, in your conduct, love, faith, and in your purity. So that's all my notes. Like I I wasn't expecting to be up here because like so I just like wrote a few things down real quick. But but um, I really feel like bring that 
with my youth group, we can spread the fire, not only into just our church, but also to our community. Because whenever we went to camp, like the first couple of, like the first day for me, I didn't feel like I was meeting what I was supposed to be meeting. And like, I really, let me find it. So um, on the bus ride here, God gave me a word. It says, he said, um, that, I ha- that people have to desire to receive. If you don't desire to receive, you will not receive. You have to relight your fire and bring the joy back because praising the Lord is all he wants. All he wants is for you to praise him so he can give you your gifts. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, so each and, every, each and every person gets their own encounter in their own way. Um, I believe 100% that God made each person perfect in their own image, in his image, and God meets them in their own ways. So, TJ, come on up here. TJ encountered God this week. Uh, He felt the Spirit of God. He had the Holy Spirit move in him. Do you want to share a little bit today? I don't know. (laughs) Chicken. Uh. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 did you did you experience God this week? Well, I did, I did. What did it feel like? Something scientifically not possible, well, <laughs> no scientific possible, but hypothesis. This or literally anything. Why am I sounding like a robot right now? I have no idea. <laughs> so, in our small groups, TJ shared with us. He said, he said, I experienced God, and I experienced it, but I didn't know what it, I, I can't explain it because TJ understands more than most of us can ever understand. Um, go, go, go ahead. Yeah. Nothing scientifically can explain what God's power power is. It's so super unnatural. It's not even possible to explain. Want to make up any scientific method of yours? Go ahead. It's not going to work. Worry. Um. Want to make up a temperature formula? Go ahead. It might work for some things. But for God's power, you can't determine that. Nah-uh-uh. Not possible. Nah-uh-uh. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You got, any, you got anything else? Are you good? I don't really know. All right. Praise God. I'm so random. I'm so random. Sometimes I do not know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Yeah. Come on up. Zoe. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Zoe, come on up. Yeah. Come on up. And, ooh, all right. Okay. So um, starting before camp, I felt really defeated just about myself. Bad self-esteem completely. And um, I went to camp, you know, really expecting something. And my whole life, I'd always heard about, like, my siblings when they were younger being prophesied over to do all these great things. And whether I was or not, I never heard about it if I was. So I always just had this, like, mentality that I was never prophesied over. And that really stuck with me, like, bad. And so I went to camp, and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just not going to get prophesied over. Like, nobody's going to prophesy over me. The first night... (laughs) Quentin, who's the head of YFN, his wife comes up to me, and what does she do? She prophesies over me. 
And she tells me that I'm going to prophesy over people. And I was like, no, you got it wrong, (laughs) because that's not me. Also, there's a tag on my shirt, so if you see that, ignore it. Um, But I was like, no, that's not me. Like, dog, you got it wrong. But so I was literally, I literally told God, I was like, I don't think I received that. Like, that's, (laughs) she got it wrong on that one. That's not for me. So the second day was probably, like, the worst day for me. (laughs) That day was. I pretend like the second day of camp didn't even happen. I mean, everything that could have, like, gone wrong for me that day did. Um, Serena had a word for me that I was, like, absolutely not. Got super uncomfortable not listening to her. Don't want to be here. I'm done. Like, take me back home. I'm not dealing with it. I got stung by a bee during small groups that night. I tried to go outside and cry to my boyfriend, and gunshots start going off outside. So I was like, you know what? Today is not my day. (laughs) Oh, there was one point when there were gunshots. Every one of them heard it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The third day comes along, and I'm worshiping, and uh, Aubie, is that her name? Quentin's wife? Aubie? Yes. One of her friends was there because they have friends who come and, like, watch the services and stuff, and she came up to me, and she prophesied the same things over me that Aubie, who is one of her best friends, did two days prior to that. So it was like confirmation. And she was like, yeah, you're going to prophesy. And I was like, Lord, like this, are you sure? Like, this is for me. Like, I'm, I'm not a huge, like, I can't really connect with people like that. Like my emotions don't do that. So I don't know. But, um, so the fourth day comes around and I decided that day that I was truly going to surrender and be vulnerable to God and let all the walls come down. And I feel like this is for a lot of people in our church We do not know how to be vulnerable to God, and we wonder why we don't experience his presence and he's not moving in our life outside of here. Because if you can't do it in here, all these people who are encouraging you, all these people who want you to come down to the altar, they talked about this at camp, you can't do it out there. And you're wondering why. Bondage, And it's because if you're not being vulnerable to God here, you can't be vulnerable to God out there. So, first of all... (laughs) First of all, anyway, so the fourth night, I was like, God, make me vulnerable to you. And so everybody's getting, Ava got prophesied over. I was like, yeah, girl, get it. Like, I knew this night was going to be great. And then worship song comes on. And the first, like, he's done preaching. And, you know, we're going, he's like, we're going to start, you know, everybody come to the altar. The whole, like, church camp thing, you know, everybody starts crying and, you know. So we start that. And as soon as the worship song comes on, I start weeping. And I'm not talking about, like, crying. Like, I'm talking, like, ugly cry, like, weeping. It was, it was nasty, okay? And what happened was all throughout camp, they were talking about spiritual warfare. And I'd never heard of that. And I thought that was, like, not a thing. And if it was, it wasn't happening to me. And that those were just people who were, like, crazy and had demons in them that struggled with that. But that's everybody in this room. If you're a Christian, you're going to struggle with spiritual warfare. Even if you're not a Christian, you're going to struggle with spiritual warfare. And so... Um, Uh, The worship song comes on in a voice, like a shrieking in the back of my head, starts going, um, God doesn't love you, you don't have a purpose, imagine God not loving you, like you're going to go back home, and everything's going to be the same, and God's not going to move in your life, and it's going to be really embarrassing, because everybody else around you is going to have all these great things happen to them, and you're like, God just doesn't love you, and it was so loud to me, I thought everyone around me could hear it, that's how loud it was, and I start bawling, and so I go down to the altar, and Quentin gets a hold of me. And I get slain in the spirit, and it went away, and I stood back up, and it was still there. 
And that happened a couple times with a few different people coming to pray for me, and I would get slain in the spirit, and I would come back up, and the voice was still there. And so I moved from the altar to my seat because I was like, apparently what God has for me isn't up there. Like, it's just not. And the voice kept getting louder and louder. And at one point, I went back to my seat, and I was, like, holding my head like this. I'm sure everybody thought I was crazy. But that's, like, how loud it was. Like, it was an attack. I was being taunted by a spirit. And um, some woman, I don't even know who she was, never saw her face, comes up to me, and she starts praying for me. And I'm sitting down on a chair, and I'm, like, folded over. And Joe has his hands on me. And um, I could feel the voice as she was praying for me. She prayed over me for a while. And I could feel, like my ears started ringing, my head started pounding. It was like a scratching on my brain. Like something was coming out of me. And it was, I never thought something like that would happen to me. Like I was like, that, I'm good. Like I don't struggle with nothing, <laughs> but like I do. And so um, it was just really hard. And it was, um, and I was so glad that I was freed from it. And um, Joel told me this, when I got up, there was like tears. There was like a pool of my tears on the floor. And he said, but he didn't see tears, he saw blood, because there was a war going on. Because Jaden was next to me having, that's her own story, having, you know, things happen to her, and Joe was up next to me, and Jacob was there, and Alex was there interceding, and it was a war. We were in a war. And it's funny, because we talk about it, it was in the same spot that Ava was first prophesied over at. Same spot. Everything that happened that night happened where Ava was prophesied over at, where she was slain in the spirit. And so there were people who couldn't even make it past that point without being slain in the spirit, like couldn't even make it to the altar whenever they passed that spot. That's how strong the presence of God was there. Anyway, so I finally, I get on my knees after like I got done with that, you know, battle, that war, whatever it was, and I get down on my knees and I get a vision from God and um, I'm in a bright room. It's like bright white light all around me and there's a huge throne and it's purple with like gold trimming on it. And the Lord's sitting on it, and I can see his feet, and I can see his hands, and he has a robe. But I can't see his face. His face is blurred. And I walk up to him, and he's so much larger than me. He's huge. And he's crying, and I didn't know why he was crying. I kept asking him all these questions, and he wasn't answering me. So I get down, and I start kissing his feet. And he tells me, he says, touch the hem of my garment. So I go and touch the hem of his garment, and I put my hand down, and I lift it up, and it said anxiety. And I put my hand down again and lift it up, and it said spiritual warfare. And I put my hand down again, and I lift it up, and it said self-doubt. And then all at once, they all disappeared like God had taken all this off of me. And I feel like today, that's what God wants to do. He wants all of you to touch the hem of his garment so he can take it away from you. We're all struggling with something, and the Lord's just saying, come to me, rest in my presence, touch my garment, and I will take it away from you because God is not a God of hate. God, whenever you sin, God is not hateful towards you. God loves you. He's standing with, your, with his arms wide out saying, come to me. Come to me, sons and daughters. And so I think that's what the Lord wants to say today is just come to him and touch the hem of his garment because it's so precious and so beautiful. Um, and so, <laughs> and so um, the last thing I want to say is um, I'm leaving y'all with this scripture. Um, it's a scripture that Joel gave me um, for our youth, which I think works really well for me right now. Hebrews 13.8 says Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the same, God, uh, the same Christ that was at camp is here. The same God in this room is out there. And so wherever your situation is, the same God that we encountered, y'all can encounter every day in your bedroom, in the bathroom, right here. You can encounter it every single day. So that's pretty much it. Go, Jacob. King. King. Roar!
on did me dirty. Y'all did me dirty. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Huh? Hey, I mean, it's, uh, this is hard. All right. I got some notes. I might look at them. I might not. I'm going to be dancing around because I got to pee. Uh, okay, yeah, that's a lot of notes. Okay. All right, so let's start uh, last year. Yeah, I forgot to bring everything to camp this year. Uh, <laughs> I'll get to that later. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, ooh. All right, so uh, last year, I received the calling of a prophet and a vision of ministry. In the past year, uh, I didn't really do that. I started dipping my toes in ministry with worship and stuff. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't really know what he, what he meant by prophet. It was really scary because, uh, you know, you see all these weird cats, you know, and like just like reading your mail. Like I was scared, you know, like what if you what if you get it wrong? Like what if you get it wrong? Uh, <laughs> that, that, that honestly scared me into not doing it for an entire year. The thought of the word excited me and scared the mess out of me. Um, I didn't think I was good enough for it. And then fast forward to this year. How late was I? 45 minutes or an hour late? Almost an hour late because I was stuck on the toilet. <laughs> and it was her fault. She wanted Johnny's. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was super late. I forgot my Bible. I left my phone in Louisiana while we were in Dallas. Which, now looking back, thank God. Thank God because I needed to be separated. I needed to go out of my comfort zone. I needed to be in a different environment so that I could pour out my cup that was full of different things because I was so tired of living a double life. I would, I would come up here, play, do whatever I was doing, and then as soon as I leave, I was back to the same things I was doing earlier. I was, uh, I, there, was a, there was a hole inside of me, and uh, that, that hole was for God. But the thing is, I was filling it up with all these different things, uh, all the wrong things. <laughs> Everything that the youth pastor telling you not to do, I, I almost did all of them. Uh, almost, almost. Terry's got me beat. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's going to work me so hard tomorrow. Oh, uh, we're not going to have any breaks. Uh, but yeah, I was filling up with all the wrong things. Uh, and I was trying to, I was, I was inadvertently muting myself. I was... I dropped off the luggage that I got at YFN, the good, like, the good luggage, you know, like, I went to the mall, got all my stuff, got my con, got some annoying, and then I, I dropped it off, and I didn't pick it up for a year, and then we come back here, I came expecting, I was like, man, I really don't want to live this double life for the rest of my life, because I know there's better things I need to be doing, and it sucks. Um... Now, I'm, I'm going to apologize now because all the days got a little mixed up. It, it, we mean, you know, you wake up at 7, you know, you get back around, what, you know, like 11.45, you go to sleep around 2.30. Yeah, it was, it, it was a lot. Um, but this year I was with the leaders. They weren't doing the games, so it was a constant pouring in, constant your toes are getting stepped on. Like, you're getting pushed, and it was really uncomfortable. And uh, first night, I was like, dude, because God's been telling me to do this, a certain thing for 
a minute now. I kept telling him no. Uh, and then I went up to chair. I was like, dude, I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I'm tired of living this double life. I'm tired of the shame. I'm tired of that shame holding me back from what I'm supposed to do. I know I'm called to more. I know I'm called to bigger things. And I, I'm tired. I'm tired. So I came up to him. We made, we made us a little cute pack, and I, we're, we're chilling. Yeah, oh, I know. But, <laughs> but it took me standing up and getting out of my comfort zone and pushing myself. Uh, and can we bring that scripture up? Yeah, bro. I got, wait, what? Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, the, the, the long one. And uh, Mandy, I, I just want to say, we finna, no, no, it's, it's way bigger than it looks. Uh, we're, we're, finna get, uh, we're finna be on the same page for a little bit here. So this is the same thing that Mandy was talking about. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days, Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was a pool of uh, that word, which five covered porch. Yeah, that you can keep going. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. Stay right here. No, go back. Go back. Go back. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, laid on the porches. All right, let's keep going. One of the men lying there had been sick for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Why, I mean, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles uh, get up or whatever. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Oh, wow, that's way better. Wow, that little TV up there does some wonders. All right, Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Oh, dude, it gives you a preview. I'm so sorry. I, I've never actually looked at the little TV. Oh, okay. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking, but his miracle happened on the Sabbath. Uh, we can go back to that other one. Instantly, the man was healed, and he rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking, but this miracle happened on the Sabbath. Can we go back to 8 to see what Jesus told him? Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. God was trying to push him to get up out of his comfort zone. This dude was so comfortable laying in that mat, just all sick, like, sick and sad. It's like, oh, I'm just waiting for someone to help me. Someone help me. Pick me up and put me in the water whenever it's time. Oh, no, someone got there first. Come on. I mean, the thing is, we're laughing, but we do the same things. We do the same things. All right, come on. We do the same things, all right? Oh, I'm sad. How many kids are in here? Okay. Oh, I'm sad. I'm going to go drink this drink. Oh, I'm anxious. Let me smoke this doobie. Oh, man, I'm a fiend and I need a vape. I need a cigarette. Come on. We all do the same things because we're trying to fill that gap with worldly things. And for them, it was just idiocracy. It was a pool. But the thing is, we can't say much. We do the same things. I know I did the same thing. I know I ain't alone. Um, so we fast forward. Uh, uh, after whenever I was told to pick up my mat and walk, I walked to a little man named Terry. I already said this, but he helped me out. And, but it took me 
constantly, every day, picking up my mat and walking. Terrifying. All right, this uh, what was it, the second, third day or so? I end up, uh, I got a word for a, a grown man, a pastor that came with us as a leader. It was terrifying. Oh, man, it was scary. Luckily, I was already out. He, he had me give a word to somebody else in the uh, youth group. But I sat there. I told him, man, I don't want to do this. If I'm wrong, this dude's going to know. Like, this dude ain't no fool. This dude's a pastor. Like, this dude knows. But I did it. After telling him, I need a second. He's like, no, you got to do it now. So I did it now. I did it then and there. And after I did that, he began to flow. And I, I felt the spear just grow inside of me like a, like a, like, you know, when you're waiting for your mac and cheese to boil, and it's just like, it's just slowly boiling. It finally started to boil. And my mac and cheese was finally starting to get done. It was finally starting to get done. And I was hungry. I was hungry, man. I was hungry. But the thing is, there's a lot of people that don't know they're hungry. There's a lot of people that don't know that they need to pick up that mat because they're, they're just, they're comfortable. So, yeah, whatever. Okay. So, uh, what was it? The, the second, third night? Whenever I, I the, the Sayers? Yeah. Uh, I tweaked my Achilles just like one night, just going down the stairs, acting like a fool. I was just trying to run down the stairs. I knew I was too big for that. I did it anyways. I, I messed up my Achilles. The next day, I was like, man, I was like, man, I got stuff to do tomorrow. I got stuff to do. So the next day, the next morning, after I get a little pep talk from T-Bray, uh, I picked up that mat. I was like, dude, I'm not going to wait for someone to heal me. I'm going to do it myself. So I did it, and I, I mean, I guess y'all know me. I'm not one for jumping up and down because, you know, I'm a little big for that. But uh, I was jumping up and down. I didn't feel a darn thing. Can I get a hallelujah? And someone beat me to it. Uh, but, yeah, so... I'm probably going to, you know, get down now before I end up going for too long. But, but, uh, God told Joel to give me a verse to memorize. And it turns out that verse was the one thing that stayed in my head. And you didn't say up here, you didn't even hold hands or something, you know. But uh, it was Ecclesiastes 9.10. Whatever you do, do with all your might for... Uh, for there's no work, wisdom, intelligence, and something else I can never remember in hell for which you are going. And what I keep getting out of that is I have one chance. I have one shot to do what I need to do here because after that, it's over. There's nothing else. Well, there is something else, but like I can't do more here. So I encourage y'all to step out, get out of y'all's comfort zone, get up off that mat and pick it up and do something with y'all's life instead of just sitting here. I mean, come on. We got all these kids, and we're just like, oh, my God, Jesus. We got back from camp, and we're just doing our thing, and now I got to give this mic back before I get in trouble. Good job, bud.